From Camrose to Cresselli for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. The three counties have seen a tiny drop in COVID cases over the weekend, with the latest figures from Public Health Wales revealing 272 cases in the last 24-hour reporting period. There have been no new COVID-related deaths recorded in the Howaltar area since the last report, with the total number standing at 670 throughout the pandemic. There have been 16,976 tests done across the country since the last report. Two lucky pups who plunged over steep cliffs on a Pembrokeshire headland miraculously survived their ordeal and were rescued by local lifeboat volunteers. The death-defying dogs went over the cliffs near Solva just before 11am on January 26th. The lifeboat made best speed through a moderately choppy sea to the location provided by the Coast Guard. They found both dogs safe and alive on a small pebble bank at the bottom of the cliffs. Both puppers were shaken up by their ordeal and some persuasion was required to coax them from the pebbles to the lifeboat. Once on board the D-Class, they soon settled, taken to Silver Harbour and handed over to St David's Coast Guard in order to be reunited with their owners. Hundreds of applications for COVID support grants have been submitted by Pembrokeshire businesses. The applications for the latest round of the Welsh Government COVID-19 business support have been opened by Pembrokeshire County Council. The authority has already received several hundred applications for the grants supporting hospitality, retail, tourism and leisure businesses and their supply chains. Council leader David Simpson is politely requesting that all applicants ensure they fill in the applications carefully and double-check before before sending, he said it will take much longer for applications to be worked through if there are errors that need to be rectified. The application process will close at 5pm on February 14th. A pensioner from Pembrokeshire is to face trial for breaching a criminal behaviour order forbidding her to dial 999 unless necessary. Anne Gately appeared in front of Newport Magistrates Court on January 22nd. The 75-year-old was charged with breaching a criminal behaviour order by ringing David Powers Police without reasonable excuse on two occasions on January 20th. Although no plea was formally entered, Gately elected to be tried at the Magistrates Court for the breach. She was released on unconditional bail to appear at Haverford West Court on February 16th. Torre Cisse saved Haverford West blushes, equalising in the 80th minute to share the spoils between County and Pennybont 2-2 at the Ogie Bridge Meadow Stadium on Friday night. Haverford West got out the blocks fastest, taking the lead through Ricky Watts, who slid in at the back post to turn in Ben Fawcett's cross. Pennybont hit back after a defensive mix-up from Haverford West's Ben Amun, all the time in the world to plant a header past Lee Idzi from six yards. Despite Pennybont leading at half-time, they could have easily gone into the second half with ten man as Abakee Ashley Morris came rushing out to try and clear the ball. Jordan Davies got there first and was taken out right on the edge of the ABBA box. Referee Richard Harrington deemed the foul punishable by yellow card when many were calling for more. Interim manager Gary Richards said despite going behind, he was satisfied with the performance, which on a slick pitch was much more lively than previous fixtures. Richards said, We have played two top six clubs and we have had two good performances. I think we are in good shape going into Aberystwyth. I'm Charlie James, and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. Yeah. 
and a very good evening to you. Welcome back to Pure West Sport. It is me, Tom Dyer, sitting in for Ben Stone this evening, and we are right now live on our Facebook page. And I'm joined by Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas. Good evening to you both. How are you both doing? Good evening, Tom. It's nice to have you here this evening. Uh, I'm sure you'll do a, a good job, and uh, we wish Ben, he's not very well, we wish him a, a speedy recovery. Yes. Fraser, how are you keeping? Yeah, better than Mr Stone, I think. I've reacted a bit better to this cold weather running, obviously. I know he'd he done a couple of races too early yeah. in January. For, <laughs> <laughs> like it, but no, yeah, he'll be fine soon and good. Good weekend. Yeah. He's quite literally caught a cold. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that must be serious. He pulled out of a race yesterday as well, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I was out on my park run on Saturday. It is cold. It is very cold. Um, but talking of the weekend, uh, Fraser, what was your sporting highlight? I'm going to jump straight in. But I know full well it was cold, Tom, because I was down in Whitland, and as Gordon knows, <laughs> the wind wind blows down there. But no, it was great to go down there. I actually saw a few old faces, and then at home to Pencloud, and Pencloud bottom of the table, scrappy side. But on that kind of day, Whitland lost a week before. I hadn't played for a few weeks before that because of COVID and so on, so they just wanted a win. They got a bonus point in the end. So as we hear the first down the show, spoke to Matt Jess, their backs coach, afterwards, and he was happy enough. Good, good. And yeah, picking up the points, that's the main thing, isn't it? Again, there's bonus points... Gordon, what was your highlight? Uh, well, I went and watched uh, Nayland uh, play uh, against Fishguard Sports down in the athletic ground. It was quite a windy uh, athletic ground, to be honest with you, but it, the sun was shining, and it was a competitive game. And uh, to be fair, uh, Fishguard Sports took the lead uh, in the first half through uh, Steve Lewis' penalty. And then in the second half, to be fair to Nayland, they, they fought back to uh, victory. Mike Chandler scored... Uh, two goals the the second of which was a 40 yard not mm. a screamer but a looping <laughs> shot over the over the keeper into the corner of the net so the nomads now are five points mm. clear of uh, the relegation zone so that was quite an important win for them and then i popped over the clevi bridge and watched a little bit of uh, pembroke dock Quinns versus uh, Tregaron and um, to be fair the Quinns came out on top Uh, I can't remember the exact score but it was 20 odd points to about 19 yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a good win for the Quinns delighted for them down in Beerspool some important points there because looking through the I've done the scores already in the the first hour so if you're listening back you can either go to pemperesport.co.uk or listen back on the catch up but there are some clubs that, that need those points don't they as we enter just a bit of pride I suppose going into the second half of the, of the season yeah well poor old Narbeth are really struggling Fraser yeah. they really are but I, I have to so improve scores at Lakeman you what sorry improved score lines of late yes yeah they have been improved score lines they lost 5-0 against the, the bridge on Saturday who played at least 5 or 6 mm. 18 year olds they're, you know they're trying to go through this transitional period of they're not going to win anything so they're going to bleed these boys into first division football which is yeah, great to see yeah. but Narbeth have uh, struggled all season and but at least they haven't thrown in the towel they, they, I hope they go to the duration get into probably division two we know they're going to be relegated and then build from their phrase uh, you know because they're a big club in Pembroke League football in the past I agree with Gordon on that I think we've had this almost ironic situation recent years where the easier option has been to fold 
because we've seen the team, we we've seen Angle do it in recent years, we've seen Temby do it perhaps more so, is that they fold and they come back into Division 5 then and then they have a few experienced players, players come back and all of a sudden they get used to winning every week, which they weren't doing in Division yeah. 1. And you look at Temby now, flying high in Division 3, you've got Scott Fernie there, who's only playing for Bridge a couple of weeks yeah. ago, I believe. Yeah. Daryl and Joe Mansbridge, who are in, th- in reality Division 1 players. Yeah. You know, and we, some teams perhaps do have to do it to rebuild, but for others, I'm afraid it's an easy option. I'm glad that Narbeth haven't taken that easy option. It might mean a very harrowing year, but sometimes in sport you do have harrowing years and you have to dig deep and, and you have to rebuild after that, and, and I hope they do continue. Yeah, because that decision to fold, it's such a big one, isn't it? Because it impacts the whole club and to start from the ground it up. It should be yeah. a big decision, Tom. It should be, and I, I don't <laughs> think it is got quite the ramifications it should because folding now just means I, I'm not sure if there's still a mandatory period you've got to spend out but you don't have mm. to spend long out before you're back in Division 5 you right. know so it, it's whilst you, you're giving up your position maybe in the top two divisions you're not actually giving up your status as a club and that, that's no. what should be what folding about you, know, you should be fighting tooth and nail to keep your club alive and, yeah, and exactly. I hope now they're doing that and they seem to be in fairness yeah. definitely because yeah. I suppose the converse side of that is you're just kind of waiting to be relegated and it's a long old season when you think sure. we'll, we'll build sure. next year like what the, the psychology behind turning up and being like, yeah, we're just going to be here and we're going to be there next year. It's, it's a long old time to wait, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, they, they have taken this Saturday. So, oh, sorry, good at United, don't they? So we'll yeah, have to see how they feel after that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I found myself down at the Bridge Meadow on Friday evening. They were playing Pennebont, and it was going to be a quite quite a tough match for them. Pennebont doing a little bit better than some others thought they might do this season. But I have to say, Bluebirds put in quite an assured performance. They're far calmer on the ball. Um, and trying to play it out and playing some some nice new football. Go on, I, I know that you've you've seen some of it as well. Yeah, um, Newtown they drew the week before, uh, who were second in the league. Uh, Pennybont fourth in the league, and they've had two points. To be fair, um, down in the meadow there was a decent crowd. That was great to see. It's nice to have an atmosphere on a Friday evening down in the Bridge Meadow. And uh, as you just pointed out, Tom, they're playing some attractive football, which is good to see. Um, the new manager um, Hayen still hasn't had his uh, work permit, but uh, Jazz Richards and uh, Gary Richards, both with uh, a lot of experience with Swansea City are at the helm there at the moment and they are doing a decent job um, it was good to see Ricky Watts come back from injury and score a superb <laughs> uh, uh, well worked first goal when they went one up they went 2-1 behind and uh, it looked as though they were steering defeat uh, uh, and you know it would have been three points gone mm-hmm. but they fought tooth and nail and uh, uh, the Spaniard came off the bench t- uh, Toure but more importantly Henry Jones who's been out in he played a lovely through ball to Jazz down the right, uh, Jazz Richards, who then crossed, and Torre swivelled and scored from inside the box. And it was such an important goal. But you could see the the improvement is definitely there. Uh, tomorrow evening, Fraser, huge. they're playing against uh, Aberystwyth. Uh, which is a huge game because they're, they're the club just above them. Two points above them after winning yeah. this weekend, and yeah. I think they're playing again week Friday. It's actually the, 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 the double header, which looked so critical <clears throat> over Christmas, is now mm. coming now. We're just over the space of uh, 10 days, and Gord just mentioned two point gap now is absolutely critical. You don't want to drop five points behind at this stage now, no. um, even with, I think, 13 games to go in the league. And, and they've made new signings, it's been a busy week. It's I think it's been very busy got, today, yeah. yeah <laughs> and I've just uh, I've had to get my phone out just to keep the list yeah, in case list. I remember yeah. that. But you know, Ryan George, Corey Shepherd coming back, Jordan Davis on loan, Zach Jones, and, and Alex Whirley, who seems to have connections at Walsall, professional yeah. connections, a yeah. few of them young boys. I mean. 
they had almost promised that even when Wayne was still there I think he envisaged people coming in in January but you know it, it's a difficult situation now because it's great to strengthen in January but you haven't got long to blend these boys mm. in and five these are the only the five names we're not including today I think the sixth and seventh come in today yeah. you know it takes a while to blend players in you it know does. so it, 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 it whether you throw them all in straight away I don't know it depends on the outlook there with perhaps injuries and so on but it does look like Ben Force will be there to the end of the year at least as yeah, well which, course, which yeah. you yeah. know is a plus point for them but no it's how they manage these new signings in terms of whether they bring them all in at once is going to be interesting because they need results and soon yeah, they do, they do. And yeah, bringing in new players is always going to change that chemistry that you've got, particularly with the core of players that they've had. Mm. There have been significant changes with Wolvesy going and, and yeah. Hayne coming in. Yeah, um, There's going to be almost two camps in there. And of course, Pem's leaving as well, going to, to Carmarthen. It's going to be an interesting second half of the season for them. And all the best tomorrow evening against Aberystwyth. Um, changing to a far smaller ball now, uh, indoor cricket. Um, uh, the, the ladies have, have been playing their matches as well Fraser I believe you've got the results over there yeah just um, three games yesterday Pembroke Dock A 97 for 1 beat Pembroke Dock B 76 for 2 Pembroke Dock B A be glad they held on in that one <laughs> uh, Pembroke Dock B then 59 for 1 lost to Criselli 60 for 5 and then to finish off then Pembroke Dock A 50 for 6 lost to Criselli 52 for 3 so no numbers still good there that league going well and, and fair play Shechrid unfortunately have pulled out so there's been a slight readjustment in fixtures but, but all the teams who who have started it? Lachlan, I don't think ever got started. Are, are participating in it. It's good for women's cricket and, and another big women. Uh, sorry, another big indoor cricket event in Nayland coming this Sunday as mm. well. Actually, indeed. Uh, right, what, what, what's coming on Sunday? <laughs> it's the uh, the Welsh finals, of course, which uh, which Nayland are in after scraping past Llanry, unfortunately, in the, um, in, the <laughs> in the league table. But no, Nayland so well vetted in the, in that in that format and at that level actually been Welsh national champions for a number of years now we're actually on the brink of going to Lords for the UK finals when the pandemic struck and, uh, yeah, and it we got were... re- near range for November that year and then yeah. came the second wave and, and it yeah. got cancelled then for good but no they'll be looking to get back there this year and I'd, I'd make them favourites on Sunday it's their home venue they're so you know well accustomed to the sport now it's such a well formatted side so I'd make them favourites at home and they were pushed by Clan Rian and, the, and that last day of the season so they've, what might they've have got been, that Tom, metal there what, what might have been <laughs> might have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's taking place on Sunday, but also taking place this weekend. Very important fixtures for our, on the West Wales Cup. Yeah, definitely. Um, Keiru are playing uh, Haken United, United for mm. a place in the uh, quarterfinals, Fraser. Uh, they've both the, uh, met each other twice in the league so far this season. At home, it was a, a two-all draw, and uh, on the reverse fixture, Kiru uh, Haken had a five-four win. So it's going to be a highly entertaining game. Uh, both sides uh, will be, you know, at well, not quite at full strength because Ewan Izzard had a, a red card on Saturday, so he's had a one-match suspension for the Rooks. So uh, he's a big player in midfield for uh, for Kiru, so he will be missed, uh, and possibly one of their strikers you were talking about Fraser was it Adam Muscott I think that possibly it, who picked up a, an injury he may be doubtful but I, I think the Vikings are basically at full strength although on saying that they had a red card on Saturday as well uh, Jaden Chapman right, so he could possibly uh, not be available for that game if if the suspension has come through I mean Kerry if Care of stood to be counted against the bigger teams in the league this season, haven't they? You just mentioned the two yeah. Haken results there, and it took a last minute Nathan Green goal for Goodick to win there, and so it was actually yeah. a vital win for Goodick. And they drew in the league on Saturday. I yeah. would have lost 
actually another two points back ground on on Hagen. Just you worry from a Carew point of view that the U on his side loss will be crucial. You know, he mm. gets some ticking in midfield, such a great player mm. driving forward for them as well. But you know, there'll be a lot of motivation there. I think me and Gordon remember we talked back at time I think it's twenty nineteen, but you know what year are we in these days where you know they reach those two cup finals and probably still lose sleep about how they lost the senior cup final at Bridge yeah. one nil up with yeah. just a few minutes to go, yeah. lost it two one and then went to the West Wales Cup and lost three one that night against the same opposition as well. And and of course you've got Haken who, you know, so successful in that West Wales Cup format in the past but haven't been in recent years yeah. and are desperate yeah. to capture it I think yeah. as well. Yeah. So It'll be a tremendous game down there. I think both teams are very much up for it, and I think it'll be tight again. And and of course, St Clair's the more of a Pembrokeshire wild card in there in the last sixteen. Yeah. Um, to Lucker Rovers as well. But I love this story. Beating, so Division two in beating, the last sixteen. Yeah, beating beating higher. Um, Opposition actually in the last two rounds, actually a good win against Kilgetty yeah, away on yeah, Saturday as well. Division yeah. two, a great win, and Nick Squire's got them going there. So it would be great if they can continue. I don't remember the last time we had a Division two side. No, it's been a, a long time, Fraser. Yeah. But I wish the Saints all the best on Saturday, and I wish both Kiru yeah. and Haken all the best as well. And uh, let's hope that football's a winner on the day. Yeah, we've got it, one you know? team in the quarterfinals, haven't we? That's for sure. No, we're yeah, we'll have one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one team from Pembrokeshire in the quarterfinal. There will, yes, there will be more. So uh, we're, we're waiting for Sean Holly, our guest, to, to join us. But just very briefly, uh, for those that are watching on the Facebook or listening live, um, just your thoughts uh, before Sean joins us. Uh, who do you think has got the Six Nations? Fraser. I went France last year. I'm going to go England this year for reasons I'll come on to in the second segment. <laughs> I'm interested. Gordon? Uh, really difficult. It's one of the most open competitions for a long time. Obviously, uh, being a Welsh lad, I want Wales to do well. They are the reigning champions. Um, you know, Ireland beat the All Blacks in the Autumn Series. I'm finding it harder to go away from them. They, they, the Irish need a little bit of luck, and uh, possibly this could be their season. But it's a great competition. I love the Six Nations because... Any team except for Italy are capable of beating each other at any given day, and that's what makes it so special. Uh, you know, they're, they're all very good teams, but my prediction I'll go for Ireland then. He's going to go Ireland. <laughs> France (laughs) (laughs) I can't see anything else coming Um, so we're going to take a short break and also before 9 o'clock we're going to be looking at uh, sporting comebacks individuals that have come back to their sports Uh, so drop us a message we're live on the Facebook page you can also send us a message or you can WhatsApp us as well 01437 764455 we'll be back after a few moments with Sean Holly. Uh, BBC pundit and analyst as well as other channels as well discussing the Six Nations Championship here on Pure Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth but listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them Here's a good one What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. 
Castle Hot Tubs are Wales' largest multi-award-winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire, offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk. A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Over 5 million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. Change for Life is about making changes to be healthier, like getting our five a day. It's not hard. Often we're halfway there and don't realise it like a banana in our cereal, glass of fruit juice at breakfast or veg in our soup. Even tinned, dried and frozen count. It's easy to be food smart. For tasty five-a-day ideas and recipes for cheap, healthier meals, search Change for Life online.
<laughs> Welcome back. That was Texas with Inner Smile. You're listening to POS Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. And uh, very proud to say that we are joined by the one and only Sean Holly. Uh, Gordon, do you want to give a little introduction? Then? Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, Sean. It's uh, brilliant that you've taken the time and trouble to come on. But a lot of our listeners will recognise you from Scrum 5. Uh, you're expert uh, analysts and, uh, you know, games. You sort of break down the play and uh, uh, we really love that part of uh, Scrum 5 but basically what we want to really talk about is the forthcoming Six Nations Sean what sort of Six Nations are we expecting to see well firstly Gordon thanks for that introduction um, I was sort of hoping a lot of people would remember me from my coaching days <laughs> but if it's for Scrum 5 then I'll take that but, uh, but yeah no look the Six Nations yeah great time of year isn't it um, you know, I walked the dog this morning thinking wow we're in Six Nations week you know and you know it's come around obviously very slowly um, with crowds are back so I still think you know people are sort of treading a little bit um, cautiously about going out and going to games and that but you know I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a really open championship. I think the way the fixtures have come out this year and the standard and the level of the teams makes for real exciting games and close games. I've got a feeling it's going to be a high score in Six Nations. I think some of the law variations and the and the officiating and the styles of play warrants that. Um, and it's going to be re- uh, hugely attritional and physical as usual with thrills and spills. We saw last year a couple of red cards assisted some teams, mm. Wales included. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see that again because of the protocol that they have and, um, you know, any head uh, injuries or, or, or contacts are going to be dealt with severely. And that hugely changes games as we saw last year. So I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about Wales' uh, chances. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a squad that is shorn of experience, but that's a good thing in my opinion because Wayne Pivak gets a chance to see some young players and it's about time. We're not that far away from a World Cup. We can't rely on... 30 somethings for far too longer um and so you know again with a bit of trepidation i'm hopeful and yet you know realistic enough to know that wales probably won't win it this year sean obviously um talking to wales and one of those 30 somethings a guy i know you know very well and coach for a long time dan bigger named captain this year when you worked with him did you have him down is that someone you see as a future captain international captain that surprised you or you think that's a role he'd be made for ah oh, good question for it uh, look I could easily turn around and say, yeah, I, I expected that from the start. And, you know, in all honesty, Daniel impressed me right from from mm. the get-go. Um, just his demeanour, his professionalism, his outlook, his, his leadership, his, you know, his, his old head on young shoulders. Um, so it, when it doesn't surprise me, I couldn't say that, yeah, I expected that to happen. I, I was confident he would be an international player. The game was changing. Blitz defences were coming in. Uh, he was a consummate professional, uh, good physical trainer and athlete. So, you know, I had every confidence that he would become an international player. But to go on then and be, you know, a multiple lion and, and the Wales captain, uh, I couldn't say back then. But I'm not surprised is the answer to your question. And I'm absolutely delighted for him. Went up to see him on January the 2nd, uh, playing against Saracens. 15,000 in the ground at Franklin's Gardens, right? They love him. And even though they got beat by Sarsen, he bossed the game. Everything Northampton were about, it was all through Daniel. And, um, you know, he came up to, to where he was later with a few guests and, and, and held the room and was uh, his usual 
brilliant selves. So uh, we should all be very proud of Dan. However the Six Nations goes, yeah. however it comes out, you know, um, we should all be very, very proud to have him and what he's achieved. Do you think he's now, he's now finally getting the respect he deserves as a player? I always thought, actually when during your time he was at the Ospreys, there's a bit of an unfair tag about him, about maybe this arrogant figure, about this self-confident figure, and yet, you know, we see that in an all-black and we rave about it, don't we? You know, about them stepping up on the big stage. And, and he almost had, you know, this unfair nickname, this tag, this Dan Big Head joke, which used to fly around and yet, you know, he was a confident player on the big stage. Like I said, he had something about him, perhaps like Gavin Henson did as well. And it only seems to me in the latter part of his career that he's really become respected by Welsh fans as a player who can really be lied on and his quality at international level and quality for more than just his kicking game as well. Yeah, absolutely. We we stuck our neck out a little bit. Um, you know, we had him in training very young, but I think he was 18 when we gave him his debut. I think it was a starting debut against Cardiff Blues, as they were then. Uh, at the Arms Park on like a New Year's Day something like that you know and you know Hockey was playing 10 at the time so I, I can remember Jiffy on Scrum Five and Gwyn Jones saying oh, what's he doing he doesn't what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> well you know he turned out okay didn't he but um, yeah. you know to, to, to go back to what you're saying Fraser about his he's not big headed in any way no. but he had this this aura if you watched him on the TV or on the stands of petulance uh, because he would question and he'd throw his arms up. But if you were actually there and listening, you know, you'd understand what he was saying. He would do it in a polite way, not an aggressive way. Mm. And it was just maybe the gesticulations that, mm. you know, he, he's an absolute warrior and a leader. Mm. He bosses people about from, from minute one. He was bossing Ryan Jones, Alan Wynne, Jerry Collins around the training field. Had no issues about that because... He was prepared to do that himself and, uh, you know, very well prepared. And I remember he used to come to me on a Friday. I'd say we were playing on a Saturday. He'd come to me on a Friday into my office and he'd have a list of plays and, a, and the attack, basically the attack philosophy uh, for the following game. So he's playing tomorrow. Right. <laughs> he's done all the analysis. A week ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I think we should be doing this. I've looked at Leinster next week and, um, you know, they defend like this. This play would work offline. I think from scrum we do this, da, da, da. And, and he'd be very close to my thinking. So he would have done all that prep for the following week, even though he got a game tomorrow. And that, that sort of sums Dan up, really. You know, it goes above and beyond. Yeah. How much will the, the younger squad players learn from having Dan as their captain with that forethought and that focus to know that you, you've stepped up a level now, you're part of the Wales squad, there's, there's a few debutants coming into the team, you've got Callum Sheedy who's young and upcoming as well, what, what will they be learning from, from Dan on like the match day and the preparation? They, they learn uh, nuances of, of technique and tactics but most by the time the players get to be selected for Wales. They're very understanding of of what's required of them, skill wise and uh, and tactically. They'll pick up the nuances, uh, maybe subtleties of how how he moves, how flat he gets, you know, how he kicks the ball. The biggest thing, Tom, that they'll pick up is um, how to be a British lion, how to be a captain of Wales, how to be a damn bigger, and that would be his behaviours on and off the field his dedication, his professionalism, his preparation. He'll be last off that training pitch. He'll be doing extra kicking. Um, he'll be first on doing extra passing, kicking, tackling, whatever. And, you know, that's synonymous with an Alan jones a Justin Tipperick, you know, a Sam Warburton, uh, a Jonathan Davis, you know, those, those sort of... So we've got Jonathan Davis in the squad. Uh, not too many other really, really experienced ones. Liam Williams, perhaps, is another. And um, those young players will will 
we'll look at those uh, observe that level of intensity because I'm telling you now Six Nations and international camp the level goes up in training you know the errors go down the mm-hmm. mistakes go down the standard goes up the speed goes up the intensity goes up I remember watching in a warm-up uh, a couple of years ago I think Alwyn Jones was doing the shoulder-shoulder thing with Rhys Carey did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's and he's bang bang yeah, last yeah. sec last couple of seconds shoulder onto shoulder and Reese Carey turns and looks and goes yeah. my god <laughs> like that well you know hang on now Reese that is it yeah, that is yeah. Alan Wynn that's what it takes no matter never switch off and that's what they learnt on that that's what they'll see in Daniel he will lead from the front and I just hope it goes his his way personally you know whatever happens with the team happens but you know a message that he said himself and one thing I said to him is just, just you know just do what you do don't change uh, don't be something different somebody that you're not mm. and I'm sure he'll be fine Sean I probably did you a bit of a disservice at the beginning uh, you were a former player obviously you played for my stake in Aberavon but unfortunately you were stopped when you were 24 you had a, a nasty injury then you got into the coaching role with down in Hartbury and then you had a job with Lynn Jones at the Ospreys I believe uh, I remember playing with yeah. Lynn at Welsh Youth many seasons ago Gr- great man he's you know he's full of it uh, you tried to trade with him <laughs> and then you won five titles with the Ospreys as well so you're, you're coaching you, you understand the game perfectly so now I'm going to lead on to uh, the Island game now where Kevin McBride is uh, actually uh, coaching them uh, do you think Wales have got a good chance out in Ireland it's a difficult well, we, place to go and it, obviously it they beat the All Blacks in the autumn I know, I know. Uh, it is a difficult place to go, but we've got a pretty good record, haven't we? You know, um, I don't think the boys fear going there. And, Cricky, look at Cardiff's win against Leinster on the weekend. Yeah. The Ospreys have beaten Munster yeah. and Ulster yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, the, the boys, week in, week out, even as as well as those Irish provinces are playing, they, I don't, I wouldn't say they fear them. You know, they, they understand how good they are and stopping them is a, is a different thing. Um However, I just I just got this feeling. Um, I did an article for a, a rugby magazine on Andy Farrell, mm. and I had a good look at Ireland and the difference, and the Joe Schmidt and the difference under Farrell. And I, I'm just a little bit, I say concerned. I am concerned for Wales, but <laughs> not for Ireland. <laughs> that, that, that he gets it, mm. you know. That yeah. Andy Farrell gets yeah. it. I think as as much as the Irish players listen and learned under Joe Schmidt. I think Farrell is much more of a man manager, much more of a people's person, and he seems to be getting the best out of people. He's blessed with a heck of a squad. Mm. You know, it, it's ridiculous when you look at Leinster Munster seconds, thirds, yeah. the strength in depth. You know, they've got to convey about. So I think it's going to be really dif- difficult. You know, I'm sort of glad we got him first up. Yeah, if I'm honest, because. You know, expectations low on Wales. We go away. It's all on the home team. They beat the All Blacks. All the hype is about that. I think somebody came out today. Who was it? Uh, Rob Carney and said it's going to be a comfortable win for Ireland against Wales. <laughs> well, pin that up in the changing room. There yeah, you go, yeah, boys. Because I yeah. tell you now, it's not never comfortable against Wales. We are a, a bunch of tough boys, no matter who puts the red shirt on. So it's going to be difficult for Ireland. We'll make it difficult. We'll scrap, and the coaches are like that. You know, I've worked with John Humphreys, Neil Jenkins. Team job, they, you know, they're relentless. They're all Wales captains. They're relentless guys, and they fight tooth and nail, and they'll exude that to the players. So, look, 
if you're a betting man, you'd bet on Ireland, wouldn't you? But you know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? I, I don't think it's going to be the landslide that, that the Irish people are, are thinking, uh, and it can't be because you know, if if we if that happens to us, that Scotland at home game the following week, irrespective of what happens in Murrayfield, is going to be hard enough as it is. Off the back of a heavy defeat, it's going to be a nightmare. So, now I, I'm going to I'll go for a narrow Ireland win, but I think we'll do ourselves justice. Sean, um, I was actually very critical of the England side last time for the way, and I'm a fan of Andy yes. Jones, but the way they went about things, I thought with the um, picking, keeping faith, what was a core of a Saracens team, who due to the pandemic hadn't actually been playing in the Championship, and I thought they went in desperately short of match practice, and that showed in their results. Obviously, that's not the case this time around. These are guys who've been playing week in, week out in the Premiership, and they certainly showed some form in, in the autumn, being South Africa. Marcus Smith has come in at an extra dimension as well. Are you expecting a much, much different England side this time around? Yeah, I am, if Fraser Eddy picks the right people. That's been, in my view, Eddie Jones's problem with England. Uh, sometimes you can have too many sweets in the box, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, you don't know which one to have. So, and, and that's been the case. I think he's had unusual selections. What You don't need to pick Kerry at number eight with, when you're blessed with no. uh, how many, a plethora of back rowers that you have. Yeah. And, I, and I think he's stuck right, you know, like you rightly said, with the likes of Farrell and that when, you know, maybe he needed to freshen things up. And I think there's a level of arrogance in that, Fraser, and they got their comeuppance last year. Yeah. Um, I Again, I say I'm hoping, but, you know, in, with my coaching hat on, you know, you want to see coaches, you know, do the right thing, evolve their teams and so on. So from England's point of view, then Marcus Smith needs to play. Dom Brandt needs to play at eight. Harlequins are the champions. They're up the top. They're playing fantastic rugby. They're on top of their game. You know, that's all we ever did as coaches at the Ospreys and Wales. It was, you pick guys on form. Mm. You pick guys who are in the mood. Gavin Henson did well for Wales because he was on fire for the Ospreys. Mm, yeah. You know, same as Shane Williams. And then they come back to your club and province and, and they continue that form because, you know, they've had faith in them. So, you know, I, I do expect to see a different England side. Um but again, I think he might have swayed a little bit too far the other way now, Fraser. Right. You know, you can't throw the baby and the bathwater yeah, up. Yeah. So yeah. it's that balance and that mix. And for me, Eddie's, Eddie's ten, tended to get that wrong. There's also a danger with Scotland as well, don't you think, Sean? I mean, they won in Twickenham for the first time in about 38 years. They did Wales a massive favour last game of the season, beating France in Paris, and that was something like 20-odd years. They're dangerous, Scotland. Uh, Finn Russell, you know, Hogg, they, they, and other forwards, the, the Grey Boys, they, they're a really good unit. They started to play some good rugby as well. So, the, the, you know, they're capable of beating any team on their day as well, yeah? I totally agree, Gordon. They are, uh, like they showed last last time out, you know, yeah. Craig Eby in France. Uh, they beat England as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they yeah. did at Twickenham, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... That, but the, the, I think that is the issue with Scotland is yeah. they can't string five no. games no, together. No, no, no. It's getting the consistency um, in it. Yeah, and the depth. You know, they lose yeah. a couple of players. Yeah. I've, I've commentated quite a bit on Glasgow and Edinburgh this year. Both teams playing really well. Close relationship between the two sides and Gregor Townsend's, um, you know, bunch. Yeah. So they are a huge danger. The danger here is if they do hit the straps and beat England at Murrayfield. We lose to Ireland and then they come to Cardiff. That is the Ooh. danger, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, for me. But I still think we're going to see not the same old Scotland, but I think it's quite predictable. I think they're going to have some 
brilliant performances. Yeah. And then they're going to, you know, they're quite likely to beat Fra um, France at home, Wales away, and then lose to Italy. <laughs> you know, you know, they, yeah. they, they could do that. Yeah. Um, but, but I do see... I, under Steve Tandy as well, and um, and Gregor Townsend, off the back of a, a Lions tour, they took more Scottish guys than before. They will have grown in that, and they got some great young players. They really have. Yeah. So I do see them being a threat, but I don't see them. I don't see them coming in the top three. No. Sean, I'm glad you mentioned it, Lee. There actually, because we were actually talking about them off air before you came on here, and we're looking now at the idea when they first came in the Six Nations we remember their opening day win over Scotland back in back in 2000 the idea was they would grow into being competitive we're looking at them now with not without a win since 2014 and also just by chance I was doing an article today and I had to look at some stats on them since they came in the Six Nations and it's it's 12 wins one draw and 97 defeats is 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 there a concern now that they are no longer competitive and is there potential to look set about looking upon possible replacing them or, or opening up um, to possibly replacing them with some kind of relegation system in years to come. Uh, it's, it's the age-old argument now, isn't it? You know, those stats don't lie, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think what you find if you played um, Italy against Georgia, Romania, Russia, Spain, Portugal, um, apologies if I left anybody out there, but over 100 games, Italy would win Mm. You know, 70, 80, 90% of them. So th there is another gap yeah. between Italy and the rest. However, good Georgia are, you know, on a one off basis, uh, we beat them 12 6 or whatever, but they, they can't consistently do it. I think we've made our bed, we mm. lie in it. It took France, right, a long time to get the grips with the, with the five nations. Not as long as Italy have with yeah. the Six Nations, but it did take France a long time. And the only solace I have for it is, is I've seen Benetton evolve right. over the last 10 years. It's taken that long, but now they are a difficult side to beat. Mm. They don't fear anyone. They challenge uh, all the European sides yeah. and even the South African side, smashing the Bulls in the Rainbow Cup mm. final. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. So sometimes I wish... They just put Benetton out in yeah. blue shirts. Yeah. I think they might do a better job, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's um, but a young Italian team, of course, isn't it? it, it yeah. it's poor yeah. results. They have been a young players yeah. for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And, and they've been guilty of hanging on to Parise, the Bergamascos. And, yeah. you know, they, they need to evolve players like Garbisi. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of young talent now coming through in these sides now. Yeah. So let's, let's be a little bit patient. Kieran Crowley, new coach, mm. did well at Benetton. Coach at international level, you know, it's a tough Six Nations for yeah, them this yeah. year, but but you know, let's just see some progress. So uh, I do believe, Sean, back in about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, you were Wales's defence coach, and there's a, a certain guy that took your position called Sean Edwards, and now he's <laughs> um, I think he's involved in the French setup. What do you think of that? France to win the championship, Dupont, yeah, the best player scrum half in the tournament. Yeah, they got he's some talent, haven't they? He's best player by a mile. Um, no, I, I coached Wales in the 2009 summer tour. Mm. I'd been involved in the the 44 in the background because I was coaching a, a majority of them at the Ospreys. But uh, uh, Warren Gatland, you know, because they were going on the South Africa Lions tour, yeah, uh, he took Sean Edwards on that one. So uh, he made me. Uh, I, I, he wrote it on a bit of paper. I remember he wrote it on <laughs> Sean Holly, uh, backs and defence coach for. Uh, 
Uh, he, wrote, he, he wrote in the back of a napkin. I think I still got it. But anyway, um, yeah, there you go. There's your, there's your contract, he said. There, in fact. Um, so, uh, and, and I got a, a, a true, Fraser likes his stats. Um, I'm a, I've got a 100% record as Wales coach. Not many retired that, one and two, right? yeah. <laughs> Nobody else got a 100% record. Brilliant, Sean. Absolutely coach, brilliant. But mate. to answer your question, um, you know, Sean Edwards, you know, you'd, all the players who've, who've played for him, worked under him, coaches who coached with him, you know, I've had something to do with him, you know, they all say the same thing. You know, he keeps it simple, smart, uh, he expects high standards, and, uh, you know, is a pretty uncompromising character yeah. and I think he's bringing that to France they've improved their defence under him um, so it, they're going to be right up there I think you know second game Ireland go to France Oof. people are talking about all the English are talking about Ireland and England uh, last game I think the championships decided week two France v Ireland for me that, that's yeah, the decision that early Man. but look at the players they've got Gordon my god you mentioned you mentioned Dupont, the yeah. Intermac sensation. Yeah. Jolly yeah. Bears behind yeah. them. They got they got brilliant back three players, brilliant back row players. So they're a pleasure to watch, aren't they? Oh, they're great to watch. Yeah, I love yeah. watching the French, but as we always say, we don't know which France <laughs> is going to turn yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. That'll be rolled out a few times. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Sean, if the best teams for each nation do turn up in this championship, <laughs> who, who, who's your, who, who are you backing to, to take? If, if the best teams turn up and, and they all play to their potential, France win it. For me, yeah, but I just have this nagging feel. Like I say, <coughs> Ireland could go there and cause an upset. You know, if they if they get on a roll, beat Wales well and go there. Uh, I think if they do, you won't stop Ireland, uh, even at Twickenham. And so, uh, as tough as it is, will, as it will be for them, three home games go into uh, France and England. They could they they have the strength in depth, as I said earlier. But if all teams are all equal, Tom and the best, mm-hmm. they play their best. France win it. France win it. Can we talk about uh, going back to Wales now, Sean? One guy that I've got a lot of admiration for, Ellis Jenkins. Horrific injury he had. Uh, You know, to come back after three years and hopefully this season he'll... uh, well, he, he proved his worth in the autumn series as well. Outstanding player. Um, it, was a, it was an amazing performance what, from in the autumn. You know, the <clears> mental <throat> attitude as well. How, how does a player overcome that sort of thing and get back onto the international stage? It, it's, it's extremely tough. Yeah. You know, um, I, I had a career-ended injury, a knee injury, back in 94, playing against South Africa. And I... I, I still am recovered from it, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, but for all the professional treatment that the guys get now, it's still that mm. mental torture, you know. And yeah. you know, all that time, the game moves on. It does move on. Yes. You know, and 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 so Ellis has had to cope with that as, as well as the physical aspect. Yeah. And then the mental torture. I did a scrum five with him about maybe nine, ten months before he actually came back. Yeah. And he he thought at that stage. He was at the end of the line because his knee was still hot, red and swollen. They couldn't work out what it was. He was going to another specialist. And, you know, he was he was on the verge of, of thinking, this might never this happen it, again. Yeah. So so for 10 months later, to, to put the performances in that he has, it's unbelievable. And, yeah. and it's a testament to his to his character. He's a great bloke. He's, he's a warrior. I, I just fancy now maybe he should move to six. We got so many young sevens. Jack yeah. Morgan's into the squad. Yeah. Ting Basham was great. Yeah. Should he now look to be a six, a Josh Navidi type? 
mm. you know, who can play six and a half, like Sam played six yeah. when Tips was there at seven, um, because maybe he's lost a little half half yard of pace. But you can't fault his ability, his tenacity, his courage. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. You know, no, uh, no. so you know, it's great. It's a great story, isn't it? It really Brilliant. is. And, uh, but like, you know, he epitomizes what I said earlier: how tough our guys are. Yeah. Look at Alan Wynn going back out to the Lions with the shoulder, you know? We got we got tough boys, we are. We do. Speaking of sixes, sorry, Sean, I'm running out of time here. Just something I wanted to ask you about very quickly. Sixes, six ways, actually. Um, another player you were very close to in your time and coach, Jonathan Thomas, um, came into Worcester, didn't he, at a difficult time. Um, wasn't a competitive league, no relegation, and mm. the kind of when we got a bit of leeway that results were poor last year, was actually starting to turn it around in terms of results at the moment, and has now just exited the club. It was quite a surprising development. Is that a moment that surprised you as well? And you're sorry to see him go as well, because such a great oh, student uh, of the game. I saw him on Saturday, funny enough, for right. his uh, Pembrokeshire boy, obviously, yeah. and um, I've got it for him. You know, it's uh, it's a harsh lesson early in his in his young coaching career. It's tough being a, a young head coach. In the English Premiership, especially because yeah. you know it's pretty ruthless. As soon yeah. as Steve Diamond went there, you probably the writing was on the wall. Seemed that way. Can, mm. You know, a bit of a clean out and put his guys in place. You know, whenever somebody comes in to do a review, yeah. then um, all the bloody alarm <laughs> bells are going off. You know, yeah. um, but I saw JT on Saturday. He's pretty philosophical about it. Um, he he will go through when something like this happens. He'll go through a cycle of anger now frustration, uh, reflection, and then he'll come around uh, to, to a point where he's ready to go again. He won't be short of offers. He's a good young coach. Yeah. Uh, he's a great fella. Um, so he will learn, and, and this will stand him in good stead. He won't know it yet, because he's still in that anger mm. phase and, you know, why. Um, but when he reflects in 12, 18 months' time, when he's starting a new job, you know, he, he it'll stand him in good stead. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure of that, that he'd be a, a successful coach. I don't know how long we got, Sean, but I'd just like to say thank you for coming on yeah, to the show you. tonight. I booked it's, a night out, God. I knew it, I was all night. <laughs> it's great to have somebody of your stature talking uh, rugby. I, I could talk to you and listen to you all evening. Uh, I just want to buck you for the end of the Six Nations when it all finishes <laughs> to see whether Ireland have won it, because I, I think Ireland are going to win it as well. And we can all have a chat and reflect on what's happened. But thank, well, look, you, you, thank you for tonight. If, yeah. if you want me to come back on after the Six Nations finished, I, you know, Unless your listeners have been bored, um, <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. Uh, to reflect on it, then then I'd be delighted to come back. Oh, right thank you. Uh, you, well, you are we can close welcome, the loop then, and, uh, <laughs> and maybe you can. I'm on. I'm on all of the the scrum fives uh, for the Six Nations. So you can give me some feedback Excellent. on what I did right and what I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Thank you so much for your time this evening and your insight. It's been amazing just listening to you talk it through. And um, yeah, looking forward to having you back after the Six Nations, where we'll probably have Ben back with us as well. Thank you so much for your time. So Fraser, who was your winner? I'm going to go England. England. Right there. I'm, going, I'm going Ireland. And Sean? France. Ireland. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go France. Um, we are going to take a very quick moment and then a very short section at the end for, for some uh, the comebacks uh, based on Nadal's heroics at the Australian Open. Sean, thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime on Pure Sport. Thanks and for having me, boys. We are no going problem. to take a quick moment here. Uh, you're listening to Pure Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Join us every Monday evening on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with Pembrokeshire Properties. All the very latest sports news from...
from around the county as well as views, guests and gossip from our award-winning panel. Join us every Monday between 7 and 9pm. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by Pembrokeshire Properties. Buy or sell your next house with a truly local, fast-growing property agent. Pembrokeshire Properties. Welcome home. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across, then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West. Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387. Oh, Loch Farm ice cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream. And welcome back to Pure Sport. Um, Fraser, insightful beyond belief. Sean Holly just joining us here on Pure Sport. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, excellent pundit. And he, as you just said, then he'll be uh, watching the game on Saturday and going home, watching it again on full on Saturday night to um, to analyse the scrum five on Sunday. So experienced as a coach and, and as a player before injury as well. And it all came across then. Brilliant guest. Yeah, brilliant. We're going to turn our attention very quickly now because it's already five to nine. I mean, there's very special back to back this evening. James Bond themes. Two hours of James Bond themes. I can't think of anything better. I might just stay here. Um, but, Fraser, you were inspired by uh, Rafael Nadal at the Australian Open against uh, Daniel Medvedev, and it got it got you thinking a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it certainly did, actually. We're talking now, don't we? Just going to name the greatest sporting comeback of all time, and Nadal's is certainly up there. I think his, his career was on the line for months, wasn't it? Um, and he had that ankle surgery, and even, even in the build-up to this, when he was going to come back before Christmas, he caught COVID-19, he virtually came in with no tennis under his belt and, mm. to win the Australian Open. And, Incredible. you know, at 35, to have that athletic resilience, 
ability in desire to come back from two sets down to Medvedev like that. Tremendous resilience, tremendous final, great comeback for him. And it did get me thinking, and the, the guy I'm going to go for actually for, was out for his sport for long, slightly different reasons. Another <laughs> debate for the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, as we know, had the, uh, yeah. the three wins with the Chicago Bulls. And then his father died, harrowing circumstances, actually went retired from the sport, went away for baseball, and then returned to win three more championships and probably go down as the greatest NBA player of all time and anyone who watched The Last Dance in lockdown which a lot of us did <laughs> saw the story yeah. in fine detail so yeah I'll yeah. go I'll go MJ26 yeah. nice I like that Gordon. I was absolutely gutted that I couldn't get in the 1999 Manchester United beaten by a Munich <laughs> no, no, no. but it has to be <laughs> individual comeback so I ha- as you notice I just got that one in phrase so um, <laughs> What, what I was thinking about was Tiger Woods. What a phenomenal golfer Tiger yeah. Woods was. You know, he won so many Masters in his early years and in his middle of his career, and then he went through that barren spell. And then in 2018, he won the, the Masters yeah. in Augusta. Terrific, absolutely brilliant. You know, he, he is a top golfer, but he, he was finding his way to get there again, and he did it finally in 2018. It's almost sad watching him in the years up to that, and he was thinking, what? Please just retire before you, you ruin your legacy too much. <laughs> yeah. And come back and do what he did. I remember reading the, the morning of the final round of Augusta, he had to get up at three o'clock to get his back moving because he's in such yeah. a state all yeah. over the years. Wow. So. I have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to talk of great comebacks, I think Gordon doing walking football is yeah, the, well, the comeback yeah. of the ages. <laughs> what, what do you think, Gordon? Yeah, that was. Uh, I, th- I thought he enjoyed walking football. Uh, I had an interview with the guys who were running it on uh, last Wednesday, but it is, it is great to get together socially and just have a, a kick around but it's getting a little bit too serious as well mind you know I, I don't know whether they're talking about wearing shin pads and everything now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm looking for the studs up double footed <laughs> tackle into walking football it's like come on Rev yeah. um, I, I missed the brief fully on the, the comeback thing and the only thing my brain kept going to was the Japanese footballer um, so Suzuka who at 54 years old has signed for his 15th club well, I'll give you that one to be incredible. fair yeah, yeah. incredible <laughs> yes. he's still playing yeah. professional football like we're looking at our Ronaldos and our Messis and things yeah. like that like, yeah. could they still be doing it in 20 years time uh, it would be quite an incredible incredible feat yeah right we are drawing it to the end chaps is there anything else that you want to talk about before before we put a close on this and we, we join back to back on James Bond themes Gordon uh, what, what, what are we looking forward I'm to I'm looking forward to this weekend uh, obviously the uh, clash between Kiru and Haken is a big game in uh, the West West Cup that I'm looking forward to that that's going to be a, an enjoyable occasion but not so enjoyable for one of them. <laughs> no, it's going to be tough. Fraser? Yeah, that is the, the highlight, I think, for me on Saturday. Swansea playing Blackburn at half five. I'll shoot up there. I have to be on the way. I think I might drop in at St. Clair's. I'll be interested to see how, uh, how yeah. well they can go up with a big crowd behind them and a big day for them as well. Yeah, exactly. I really hope so. That would be that would be a great story, wouldn't it? Division 2, Mandelwood Premier, Premier side, uh, heading on into the West Wales Cup. That is, that is the magic, isn't it? Um, for myself, I'm hoping for more positive results for Halford West County and uh, hopefully they can go away tomorrow buoyed by these new signings there's yeah. definitely faith in the club and that they want to mm. progress they don't want to be in the bottom half um, this season and certainly not next season they're, they're, they're putting the money where their mouth is and I hope that that starts tomorrow it'd, it'd be a big night and it'd be raucous down there I think even when there was lockdown there seemed to be yeah. half of Aber who <laughs> in there somehow yeah. so without lockdown uh, and the return cool. game is Friday week I That's believe right, yeah. Yeah. so make sure you get down and support the boys definitely 